Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. This episode of Clear and Vivid with Yo-Yo Ma is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Discovery. For more than 30 years, Discovery's global networks have been helping hundreds of millions of viewers understand their lives, their communities, and the world around them. From science and nature to food and lifestyle— And now the world's biggest sporting events and greatest names in travel and documentary films. The Discovery family proudly informs, entertains, and powers the passions that drive our planet. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In a fast-paced world, Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. I'm Alan Alda, and this is Clear and Vivid, conversations about connecting and communicating. I think the most important thing that one can do as a performer is to be absolutely present. So here's my personal scenario. The hall is my living room. Everybody in the hall is here because I invited them to a party. I'm going to have a great time. That's Yo-Yo Ma playing the first few seconds of the prelude to the Bach cello suite number one. It's the beginning of over two hours of sublime music in all six cello suites. Not long ago, I heard my friend Yo-Yo play all six suites in a concert at Tanglewood in the Berkshires. It was an amazing and moving experience. And it was even more amazing when you think that this was just one of 36 performances of the cello suites that he'll be doing in 36 different locations around the world. 
It's an effort Yo-Yo calls the Bach Project, in which the beauty of the music is only the beginning. Each concert is tied to what Yo-Yo calls a day of action, a series of conversations and collaborations unique to each location that grapple with the concerns of the people who live there. A couple of days after the Tanglewood concert, I sat down with Yo-Yo in a recording studio where he was getting ready to join a mandolin player, a fiddle player, and a bassist to record an album of bluegrass music. Yo-Yo, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. When I saw your concert at Tanglewood a couple of days ago, it it was such a fantastic evening, and it was a milestone in my life. I got to tell you about that. A milestone in your life. Yeah, well, funny. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure doing the concert with me in the audience was a milestone in your life. Absolutely, too. I know. But Every time I see you, is a milestone in my. In but my life. here's the thing: I've always admired people who could be moved emotionally by music. I've never been. I love music, but I've never experienced that much. When Arlene plays a mazurka by Chopin, a particular one, it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I come. But there was a moment in the first few bars of the Bach two nights ago when I was so captured by the music you were playing and the image occurred to me that Bach wrote these notes on a piece of paper. They went into your brain and came out your fingers and tears started running down my face the combination of the music and that thought that you had connected me to Bach's hand through your own brilliance, through your own genius, was an amazing experience for me. Do you know, do you have a sense of what you're communicating when you do that? Well, Alan, I think you're asking the type of question I've been asking myself all my life. What? Like what, what is music for? Oh, yeah. What, what, oh, is it, what does it do to people? Do you change your mind about what you think it is as the time goes all, on? All the time. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out. And, um, and I think by asking the question and not necessarily having the answer, you get little snippets of mm. answers along the way. So one of the more recent ways I think about music is that it's some form of living material. What does that mean? That's interesting. So I think that if you have an important story to tell, you have it in your mind, you want to write it down, you want to tell somebody, it's so important to you that you make sure that the story is true, that it's concise, it is you can represent that story, you write it down. Mm. Someone else looks at that story and says, my goodness, this is incredible. I have to tell somebody else about that. And you then collar somebody, an unwilling victim of your story, and you say, hey, I got this incredible story. You've got to listen to this. And the person says, no, I don't have time. No, no, but sit down. Look, if, if you don't have time now, I'll make time, and I'm going to make, really, I have to tell this to you. The person listens and realizes, oh, my word, this is unbelievable. This is so important. So let me I track this now in my head. This is Bach told you this story, and you're telling me? No, Bach figured out a story 
and he wanted to put it down because he knew that was important. And then he puts it down, but he died. Right. And 300 years later, someone like me comes along and says, that seems like something really important. Yeah. I wonder what that story is. And then, but all I have are the coded materials. I have to figure out the code in order to get to that. You know, you bring to mind something that I've wondered about since I was a young man. When I was young, I talked to people who were older than me who had the idea that there were creative artists and interpretive artists. And I thought, you can't be a performing artist without being creative. You don't make up the notes. You don't make up the words of a play. But you can't, if, you, if you're just delivering the notes or the, delivering the words, you might as well hand out a copy of the play to the audience and go home. Right. Let them figure out the performance. That's where the living material comes in. Ah, that's what I was wondering. Right. Unless you also know the code. And part of recreation is that you rise to the level of the creator because the creator of the material, actually, that material is a translation of something else. You have to get beyond the technique of either performing something or writing something in order to get to the essence. Wait, the, 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 this sounds like you're saying the, the creative process that Bach goes through, or any, any composer, is translating something else for us? Yes. What's, what's the something else? Something ah. happening in the brain, or in the heart? Or well, what? that's the mystery, isn't it? You can make estimates, hypotheses, assertions about what that is, and you can test it out with the material that was written. For example, we know that Bach was orphaned at a fairly young age. Mm-hmm. At a time when adults died fairly young. So it's not that unusual. He was raised by older siblings. We know that he went on a trip, he came back home, found out that his wife had died. You know, yeah, I mean, From that we got death, the great Chacon. Yeah, that's right, yeah. which you know a lot about. And, and I think... Uh, without getting into psychobiographies, we know that whatever people do uh, or create or make uh, obviously is is influenced by their experience. So so he's taking something, somehow consciously or unconsciously, he's taking his life experience, the ups and downs, the joys and sorrows, and he's putting that into something that you can then draw on Absolutely. and tell, tell the story your way. Well, yes. And, and I have to try and estimate what are touch points in Bach's character. So you, so you tell as much of the story and his version of the story as you can. As, yes, but it also, you also have to estimate were he alive today... 
would he say, get off the stage? Or would he say, schmuck, you know, <laughs> go home, leave my music alone. Yeah, what's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like if, if I, you know, if I'm playing all six suites, he says, yeah, that's ridiculous. I never intended it that way. I'm having worked with a lot of living composers. I also make an estimate on what creative spirits do. They're those that want their work exactly replicated. They're those that don't care as mm. long as their work is being done. They're those that actually develop with their work. They're ones that are constantly fiddling with their works that they've never based finished. Based on ideas that you come up with as you play? Uh, no, no, no. Or from their life experiences uh, or whatever. Yes, or, yes. Or, or according to whatever their experience with me and they might change something. But th so composers come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. There's right. no one size fits all, as you know very well, with creative personalities. And so the question is, what's your best estimate of what that person is? You know what, I, what interests me every time I see you play? It really interests me that you have this incredible ability to concentrate during the performance instantaneously. And yet, when I see you walk out on stage, two nights ago you were smiling, waving to the audience, and noticing people. When you come out with, in the presence of an orchestra, you're shaking hands and joking and waving, and you sit down and boom, you're in another world. That sounds to me very improvisational. It's to me the improvisational stance that you take what comes at you. Totally. And, and then use it, let, let it become something else, transformation. I think the most important thing that one can do as a performer is to be absolutely present. Mm. So I walk on stage. A lot of people are afraid walking on stage, you see an audience says, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to deal with my nerves? <laughs> and so here's my personal scenario. The hall is my living room. Mm. Everybody in the hall is here because I invited them to a party. I'm going to have a great time. That's exactly the way I feel. Really? Yeah. So I get, I in fact, where as a young man, I used to be nervous when I would hear the throng outside on the other side of the curtain. Now I get much more alert and I think, and I, when I start to smile and I think I'm going to be with them in a second, I'm going to be serving them a meal. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't, we both have that same. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if you ever watched Julia Child and Yes, uh, yeah, well, uh, well dropping uh, the chicken or exactly, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well you just pick it up. <laughs> Put it back in the right. oven. Because who's gonna know? That's right. Because <laughs> when we perform, some you always have to ask, who are you doing it for? Mm. So who, who are you doing it for? I'm doing it for the people that I invited to the party and they are the most important people in the room. See, to me, any performer that has that in mind has my attention and my utter respect because when I see a performer who's doing it for himself or herself alone, 
for the and there's ecstasy involved in it and it's wonderful to experience it but if you're only doing it for that and not not to share it with the people who are in front of you it it seems a little selfish it's a little voyeurism right? yeah you're right. looking through self voyeurism yes exactly that's right <laughs> there are other words for that i won't go into that. so so what <laughs> what do you, what do you say when you play a wrong note well that's the, that's when the chicken drops on the floor and you say you pick it up because it doesn't matter that a glass broke it doesn't matter that the sauce isn't right. It doesn't matter that you ran out of an ingredient because the purpose is the party. Yeah. So I think, and this is why I think asking the question who you're doing it for, because if in your head you're doing it to please your teacher Mm. or to impress your colleagues, Mm. right, who are looking for, uh, who know intimately what sauce you're making and and oh it's missing right, you know, right pepper right, right. It, it it just doesn't it, it it you're going to be thinking about shoot i i don't have enough pepper and right, exactly. it's got it's got to be the sauce is not the center of the event the center is the audience this is where the living material comes in where you want to make sure that the living material isn't delivered as a package and your work is done. You have to make sure that the package, if it's a transplant of a heart, actually gets to the patient and the patient lives. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> hey, I, ge- I gave you the heart, you know. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> no, what else do you want from me? <laughs> So that's Yo-Yo thinking about what a good performance can do for an individual listener. But he's also committed to an even bigger idea, using the ability of music to bring people together. He's done this in a project called Silk Road, musical collaborations with artists from different cultures. And it's a major goal of his Bach project, bringing people together through music, right after this break. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. This is Clear and Vivid. Now back to my conversation with Yo-Yo Ma and the origins of his passion for connecting with people and for connecting people to one another. That concern for the person you're communicating with is central to you as far as, as well as I know you. I think I can say this. I get the impression that's why when you went to Harvard, you studied anthropology because you were interested in people. You could, there are a lot of things you could have studied. You're smart. Uh, something my mother thought so. <laughs> what what made you want to study anthropology? Maybe I have it wrong. No, you have it absolutely right. Um, I think that I was drawn 
to a field that tried to look at any culture without judgment. So, in other words, what's great about studying early cultures or uh, or literally any you know modern contemporary mm-hmm. cultures is that there are the slight differences in the value systems. And so what do you put as first priority? Freedom, my way of life. Mm-hmm. Food, mm-hmm. order. What is your most important priority? And the way that people, and that's sort of like the DNA of a group of people, if you're going to talk about the soul of a nation or the essence of an individual, what are your most important? Is it loyalty? Is it freedom? Is it patriotism? This is interesting because you're talking about the differences in cultures, and yet your life is spent playing music that goes across cultures and with the Silk Road Project you brought cultures together almost with the um, my impression was with the unspoken uh, intention that everybody is susceptible to all kinds of music that there's something about music that transcends language and culture does it or doesn't it do you have to do you have to get introduced to it well I think I like to look for common denominators, mm. uh, as well as, as you pointed out, the the specific attributes of a nation, a person, a character, and the common denominator for everything that we call culture, everything that we've invented from. Well, we didn't invent fire, but we sort of tamed it and used it. The wheel agriculture, these are math, Bach, Alan Alda. It's... Wait, wait, wait. I'm in the same sense with math and Bach? No, just with fire and wheel. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have hailed... Don't think you're so special. I have hailed the cab. I know what you mean by that. (laughs) No, I, I think it... Basically, we invented all of these things around us to help us to survive and to thrive. And so my sense of what unites us is the fact that as a human species, all the things that that we care about help us in the period between life and death. Mm. Because that's, we all know that's going to happen. So wait, wait, this sounds like you're edging back to the original idea we were talking about. What is music for? Does music somehow help us get from life to death in a better way? All all the things. Well, music actually brings people together. People, when you hear music, people are, you know, you share music. It's It's a communal activity. You know, uh, I talked to a scientist on this program yeah. who, when she went to Africa, was surprised to see that all the workers in her project started the day singing together. Started every day that way. 
and it brought them together. And they were working on, I think, Ebola, and it was a very serious and intense time for them. Mm -hmm. But it lightened their spirits and it brought them together as a community. And and that sounds like what you're saying. Absolutely, because I think in the earliest societies, you know, how do you communicate? How do you share what is safe, what is dangerous, whatever you do in form of music, dance? uh, And within that, you have the healers, you have... You combine the sacred and the secular. You have the entertainment. You have all of that is, then it gets separated. All of that was much more into sort of one type of activity that helps the community get through life and changes and crises. And, and, but then later on, we have more and more specialties. You, you start to say, well, it's, Art for its own sake. It's it's capitalism for its own th- own sake. It's whatever ideology for its mm-hmm. own sake. Then then you start to break apart the equilibrium. And one of the things that I feel that's very important is that at this point uh, we have a lot of fractures in 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 different people saying all kinds of you know. Well, we we we, we can't even agree on what the facts are. Right, and and so let's kind of we we need to kind of retool and rethink, uh, sort of what are our priorities as humans, as a country, as a planet, as a species, uh, because because actually some people are saying there's danger out there. Yeah, uh, and how do we cope with communal danger? So your your project that you're doing, have you finished the 36 concerts? Uh, I'm exactly halfway through. The idea is to do 36 concerts. Am I right that you play all six Bach suites at each of these concerts? Yes. And what a what a marathon that is. It's you know, it I think of this as an experiment as and and you know the story of Stone Soup. No, what uh, this uh, basically a village? There's no food in the village, and someone comes in and says, "Look, I have a pot. Can someone make a fire? Someone makes a fire. Does anybody have water? Okay, so and then slowly, the villagers each bring in something, you know, a root, vegetable, something, and they put it all in the pot and then everybody has something to eat. I think uh, my part in trying to start communal conversations in 36 places on six continents is to actually uh, figure out what in each community, whether it's at the border between countries or states or or in 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 areas that are going through hardship, sort of what is the communal conversation? What do people want to talk about? Who's doing good stuff that we need to actually pay attention to? Let's just take one example so I can follow what you're saying. You did a concert at the border between the United States and Mexico, right? Right. Where was that? Uh, This was in... uh, 
Laredo. We played the Bach. I played the Bach Suites in San Antonio, which is a little bit further away. But then the next day I went to the Laredo, which is both in Texas and in Mexico, Los Dos Laredos. So there's the uh, new Laredo, there's old Laredo, and then there's the river separating and there's a bridge between the two. I went to both Laredos and what I discovered there was that everybody has families, friends on both sides. People cross the bridge to go to school, to go to work, and uh, in addition to which, it's the second largest port of entry in the United States. Mm. I didn't know that. No, I didn't. After Los Angeles. And what I learned was people love their communities. I mean, and cross the border, generational friendships, relationships. And and that's that was so palpable. So you did the concert in San Antonio? Yeah. And then you went to Laredo. Did you play in Laredo? Mm-hmm. I played. I talked to people. I, I, we had uh, we had a big, uh, you know, gathering of people on 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 both sides. Uh, the mayors, the two mayors, talk frequently and try and do things together. Uh, there's just so much connection mm. between the two, and and they're like lifelines for each other. And um, so I think. Uh, you know, I'm sure this happens with you wherever you go. What I read about and what you experience when you are on the ground is something different. It's often very often different. different. Right? Yeah, I that's mean, true. So it's it's it it, it it's just I, I needed to go see. So what will be the end product? Will it be? The discussions that you've helped generate in these places, will you write about it? Or are you bringing well, attention in terms of the press? What, what, what's the outcome? Well, I think since we're midway, we're trying to actually, we're examining what we've learned so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, Are you photographing it? Uh, some people, I, I think there are photographers that are involved. There's, in fact, a, a wonderful photographer that, that we've traveled with uh, for some places, including in Chile, at the Paranal Observatory in the um, high up in the mountains, did you play at the, in, in the observatory? Uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it's amazing because Chile actually has forty percent of the world's observatories. Uh, I, I almost died one night in one of them. Is that right? Yeah, because because a I had, a, I had a, an obstruction in my gut. Oh my word! And I had to have an operation in the middle of the night. So it was a very wonderful experience because it was 15 years ago and I've already had the experience of nearly dying. So now it doesn't bother me. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I really that, recommend it. Yeah. Waking up alive is really nice. It's, it's not, it beats the alternative. Yeah. But you realize, first of all, how precious life is. And you also realize that wasn't so bad. I, I, I got a bonus here, but if I didn't, so I, that's all. That's all it is. You go to sleep. You know, it's funny. When I was twenty-five, I had a, I had back surgery for scoliosis, and and it was a pretty long operation. Mm-hmm. And it was same thing. You kind of prepare yourself for it to say, well, you know, I've lived life for a quarter of a century. I've 
done this. And if I wake up, survive, and can't do what I do, life is still full. We can do lots of things. And if, but I, I'm prepared for whatever the outcome is. See, I love that. And that, it's free. That, is, it's that, very that, that must come out in your playing. It must come out in your generating ideas for the 36 concerts, for the Silk Road. You take what comes at you in life and you do something with it. I truly believe that. I think that, you know, we're on earth for such a short time and by being able to front load a possible end (laughs) uh, allows for the retrospective thinking to say, you know, there's that popular uh, saying about what would be your regrets at the end of life. Would you wish... You spent more time at the office. Do you wish yeah. you know you played more concerts? Do you wish you did more plays? What do you what do you miss? And usually it's you would miss the time that you might have spent with people right. you love, right. your family, your friends, and people that you know. It's it's a different. David Brooks has this thing about you know whether it's your uh, 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 do you do you work for your CV. <laughs> that's good or for the eulogy you know yeah, what yeah. kind of biography do, are, are you kind of you know who are you doing it for well I get the impression that you do it as part of your overall rule that the most important thing is to be present and I see you do that whether you're playing or talking having a conversation joking kidding you can transition from a serious thought to humor because you're present and you're aware of the changing currents in the tide. I think what I care most about is I hate to see human suffering. Mm. You know, you look around in a room, you don't think about what people necessarily, one doesn't usually think about what someone else is going through in a room. But if you think about it, you realize that tragedy is all around us. I find out 15 years ago, you almost died. So you you were that close. And all of us, it's like we're just steps away from, from the, a lot of suffering. Yeah. And, and so if you're in a room, we think, oh, these are people. Yeah, but the people have unbelievable stories. If you find out the stories of anybody in any room you have the experience of a lifetime. Well, I'm getting the signal that our time is up, and I, I, we could go Am on. Am I going to die? No, our time isn't up in that sense. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> no, a different kind of time. I don't know what time scale you're on. <laughs> but you never know what time scale you're on, actually. <laughs> exactly. So that's why it's good to enjoy what you got while you got it. I, we always end our show with seven quick questions that okay. invite seven quick answers. Okay. And they're generally about relating and communicating. If you, you're game for it? I'm game for anything you propose. What's the hardest thing you've ever tried to explain to anyone? The experience of, of deep suffering. Hmm. You tried to explain that to somebody and it's hard to do it. Yeah, because unless you... I think the, the, one of the hardest things to transfer to another person, is actually experience. 
Mm. Really hard to do. You know, you make me want to explore that, but this is the end of the show, so I got to go on. How do you handle a nosy person? Uh, with grace and fortitude. <laughs> How do you tell someone they have their facts wrong? Or do you? Well, you see, let's look at it another way. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Good luck with that in some conversations. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's the strangest question anyone's ever asked you? Uh, do you remember me? <laughs> the million people who've crossed your path. You don't remember? <laughs> I had a woman who said, we were on television together on a game show. You helped me win $25,000 with her for two minutes, right? She, and then she said, well, I guess I understand why you don't remember me. I took the 25000 I had my face fixed. <laughs> I love it. had a it. different face. I love it. Oh, now I recognize you. Yeah, right. You had the one with that face. How do you stop a compulsive talker? Um, by going to the bathroom. <laughs> That you know that turns out to be a popular technique. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do if you're at dinner with someone that you don't know and you want to start up a real conversation? How do you start up a conversation that gets to something somewhere? How much do you sleep? Oh, no kidding! What an interesting question. It, it's I, I don't know. There are many ways to start a conversation, but don't start with the obvious. Yeah, that's good. Now, what, this is the last question, what gives you confidence? Uh, knowing that it could always be worse. That's great. <laughs> yo, yo, this has been so much fun. The time flew by. I, well, I, it's, I look forward to the, our next talk. It's really fun. It's precious time to be able to spend with you. Just great. Always. You said it. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. This has been clear and vivid. At least I hope so. My thanks to Discovery for being our presenting sponsor this season. All the income from the ads you hear go to the Center for Communicating Science at Stony Brook University. Just by listening to this podcast, you're contributing to the better communication of science. So thank you. For more information about the Alda Center, please visit aldacenter.org. As Yo-Yo said, he's already halfway through the 36 concerts in the Bach Project. His next stops will be in Beirut, Seoul, Sydney, Melbourne, and Christchurch, New Zealand. He can find out much more about the Bach Project, about Silk Road, and about Yo-Yo's many albums by visiting yoyomad.com. That's Y-O-Y-O-M-A.com. This episode was produced by Graham Shedd with help from our associate producer, Sarah Chase. Our sound engineer is Dan DeZula. Our tech guru is Allison Costin. And our publicist is Sarah Hill. You can subscribe to our podcast for free at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. For more details about Clear and Vivid and to sign up for my newsletter, please visit alanalda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Clear and Vivid. And I'm on Twitter at Alan Alda. Thanks for listening.
Bye bye. Next in our series of conversations, I talk with Brian Green. Brian's another virtuoso who's not only expert at what he does, but just as skilled at connecting and communicating. When I see a young kid and I'm talking to them about black holes or the Big Bang and I, and I see their eyes light up in a way that tells me that they're so fired up about this cool idea. And when they say to me, I didn't even know that was science. <laughs> you know, at that point you say, wow, this is something that it's, it's just tragic. Yeah. For, for, for kids and adults to not at least be given the opportunity to wander around some of the most wondrous ideas that the species has ever developed. Brian Green, physicist and stellar communicator, next time on Clear and Vivid. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.